Hey, everybody, we're back with Two Docks on a Boat. We've been gone through the holidays, and uh, it's time to put another episode out there and uh, let you know what uh, what we've been up to. Hey, Dave. Rusty. How do you we're feel? How feel you feel pretty good. I'm excited about tonight because we yeah. have uh, a special guest, Wild Bill. Yes. And how, tell me about your holidays. Good holidays? Um. Yeah, good holidays. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you hunt? Did you go out and hunt at all? No, I, I went down deer season, you know. It's the first day after Thanksgiving and okay. um but I didn't hunt. I just got on the quad and I rode around and irritated everybody. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's kind of what you're known for. So, so that's uh, good. Yeah. yeah. As long as you're enjoying yourself. Yeah, we had good holidays and the weather has been good and um we had a little prolonged hiatus from the show. Uh, we were on a pretty pretty steady pace, but we took a little extra time off for vacationing, which is, I think, okay. You know, you gotta gotta be with the family and have some fun. Um, so I just want to remind everyone that we really do enjoy any feedback we get um, from the show. Right? Lovely emails, yes, yeah. yes. And our email, the easiest email, is info info at two docs on a boat dot com. And if you send an email. It comes straight to us, and we will either answer you if you'd like to be answered, or we will bring up what you talk about um, on the show. So please remember our email address, and feel free to talk to us. We like that, right? Right. This is a big night for us. This is the first time we are going to be uh, talking with a guest. We, we said at the beginning we were going to have an occasional guest, and tonight is our, our first guest. And our guest is uh, Dr. Bill Kelly. And uh, we've both known him for a good solid 30 years, but, I, yeah, I would you, say. You've more than I have. But, you know, when we talked about the uh, the guest piece, <clears throat> we, uh, we went through some, uh, um, I don't know, a list of folks that uh, uh, intellectual um, span of, you know, from context from outdoors to medicine because we do a little bit of medicine on the side um the first uh the first guy that came into my mind was uh dr bill kelly and yep. uh yeah bill he's a fantastic guy has a lot of knowledge with uh, anesthesiology and uh and uh, i'm really uh excited and happy that he's here i am too and uh, welcome bill kelly well thank you thank you for having me new uh, experience uh, um, yeah. we usually have these conversations late in the evening um, every once in a while after a beverage or two. Yes. And I the beverage so. brought to you by, uh, Woda Cooper. Yeah. Uh, oh, with, with yeah. a little bit of uh, bourbon from Woda Cooper, right. um, Jeff Woda and, uh, and, and, uh, Dr. Kelly brought, uh, brought a bottle, uh, was it from Japan? Yeah. Japanese, Japanese, Jan- bourbon? Japanese single malt. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's, we, we've got a nice, uh, taster going on. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're we're enjoying a beverage. We have a good friend in the room who has a lot of insight on a lot of things, and uh, let's just start out by finding out who is Bill Kelly. Tell us a little bit about how you got to medicine and and uh, what do what do you uh, what do you do? Wow. Well, um, when Russ picked me up at the nursing home today, um, we did have it's Chicken Kiev night, so that's pretty great. Um, we talked in the van on the way over here. Um, so let's see here. As they've already mentioned, I'm an anesthesiologist. I, I work with Russ actually at a large Midwestern university. 
um, well-known. Uh, these at the front, I don't know if we should use brand marks or trademarks. But, um, and then I've known Dave for certainly almost as long. Um, once you get involved in the WOTA um, Tanner tribe, um, you start to realize very quickly there's a lot of people. Fortunately, they only use about four names. And so as long as you yell out, Dave, <laughs> six people will respond, and you can move the tree or chop down the and the you were immediately welcomed into the tribe. Yes, and you know excellent. That. Yes, yes. You so start out in general surgery, um, switched over to anesthesia, did um, cardiothoracic um, fellowship training, um, and have been out. Uh, shoot. So, so let's back up, Bill. Yeah. The surgery you went. Yeah. How many years did you do the surgery residency? A little bit over two years. I was in my third year when I switched over. Third, third year. So, mm-hmm. what made you decide to go from surgery to anesthesiology? Well, you know, it was a different time, as you guys remember. You know, when we trained, um, I remember. I think we all remember when they limited the hours that a resident could work because of two unfortunate events in New York State, where they limited resident hours to eighty hours, and that was a huge outcry from from the hospitals because they didn't think they could get the work right, done because right. it would be limited to a mere 80 hours a week. But um, it was, so when I did surgery residency, uh, we were on every other, every third night call. Um, you had no time off, no days off. Um, it was just a different world. And, you know, those kind of training programs no longer exist. But um, anyway, I liked the OR and um, got through a couple of years and enjoyed it. I uh, thought I did a good job. Um, but uh, there just came a point in my life where it's like, you know, where do you – where do you draw the line? And so um, I went into the department chairman and said, hey, would you take me on? Well, first of all, I actually went to my chairman, and you couldn't do this anymore. I'm not recommending this to anyone, but I gave two weeks' notice yeah. to the surgery program, and then I walked into the— They, they probably appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, right. And, um, and I just said—and then I went and I said, would you take me? And he said, yeah, we could. And so I said, okay, can I have a week to go home and see my family? And mm. he said, yes, you can. Perfect. And then I came back and started anesthesia. So I made one of the biggest career decisions in my life pretty much. Do, do you think it, think it worked out well? You yeah, like it? I mean, I think it's yeah. been a, I think it's been a good run. I mean, I think that um, the good thing about medicine in general, um, right? You guys remember in medical school, um, like I liked cardiology rotations, I liked nephrology. I mean, there's just who doesn't love pediatrics? I mean, pediatrics to me is one of the greatest things because kids are just so great. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and the only thing you had to know was just immunization profile, right? Did they get their MMR? Did they get their HEP? Right. You, get, you know, that's all, that's all you need to know. Well, the big trick about kids, I think, is kids generally want to get better. Mm. I think that's what differentiates pediatric care from adult care. Um, I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of secondary gain issues in adults. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's – uh, but a child that feels badly wants to feel better. And um, I think that that's, that's a huge – uh, that's a huge advantage. You know, if you're if you're lucky enough in adult medicine to have patients that want to get better, I mean, you know, a motivated patient is the greatest thing in the world. They can they can move mountains. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, Bill, you've certainly been a you've certainly been a big part of uh, of my experience for the last thirty years. I mean, you were one of the very first people I met when I came to Columbus from the Cleveland Clinic and uh, to to uh, our current uh, career. And, um, and we've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of interesting cases and, um, I, you know, and, and, you've, what, and you've participated in a lot of family activities. Um, I, I, I just want to interject when I was a, when I was a resident, I rotated through your department <clears throat> at the guest of you. Oh. And I was a, um, uh, I believe I was a first year, uh, emergency medicine resident. 
or intern. Intern is is the correct nomenclature. Um, and I came through and I met you. Obviously, well, I've known you for years, but I met Bill, um, another uh, guy by the name of Ralph, another guy by the name of Dan, um, uh, a couple other guys that uh, their names uh, um, miss me. But um, what's interesting is when I went into your office, it was like a clubhouse. <laughs> you guys had this great time, and I almost switched from emergency medicine <laughs> to anesthesia because you guys, I don't know what floor it was, but you had this office with a couch. I don't know if you remember that couch, Bill. And, and, and we would sit on this couch and Ralph uh, would just, you know, theorize of just goofy stuff. Uh, Bill would kind of come out with some uh, theories of, of what's going on with, uh, you know, today's medicine. But it was just a fantastic rotation. Um, uh, you know, I rotated, I think, at the time I was in the uh, SICU. Uh, I can't think of the trauma surgeon resident's name. It was... Um, can't think of his name. We had a we had a couple guys there at the time, and I don't think they're there anymore. And no, I, and I no. do remember when you were there, you were you were involved in uh, lots of really pretty cool I, cases at I, the time. Yeah, and I you went from see some really good stuff. general anesthesia to to the SICU, uh, surgical intensive care unit for those folks in uh, Tumwa, Iowa. Um, in uh, uh, I can't think of his name, but it was just a, it was a phenomenal training experience. I enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, it was like uh, when you when when you got kind of done with your daily routine, you'd go back to the office, and you guys would be sitting around. It'd be a clubhouse, yeah. and uh, I, I I I just enjoyed that immensely. I think the is that a reflection of our age, maybe, but it's certainly looking back, right? I mean, there was a there was a real camaraderie. I mean, you felt like you were doing something important. I think maybe people and I wasn't ever in the military. Maybe if you guys have been in the military, but I think that that's a very bonding experience yeah. too. Yeah. I think when you go through a hardship together, that creates um, a level of intimacy. And I and I think um, and, and I don't know if things are different now, um, but I think that in those days there were cliques. I mean, there were groups of people that hung out. Um, we certainly socialized and then also worked together. Um, it, you know, I think that that was one of the best parts. Um, you felt like you were with kindred souls. So when you complained about things, right, or when you, right, every, right. everybody's laughing, everybody's giving you a hard time. Um, and you know, it was just it, it, a lot of good memories from that, you know, yeah. I mean like residency memories, you know, we have the cases you remember and you know, the, and you got pounded, but you had that resource of folks that were eh, in your sort of circle of, of, uh, of friends or just, you know, just, you could just kind of bounce stuff off of. And I felt like <clears throat> even though I wasn't, uh, um, even if, uh, involved into that particular residency program, I wasn't an anesthesiology resident. I was an emergency medicine intern. Um, I, I felt, uh, you know, kind yeah. of a kindred spirit. Yeah. With you're you part guys. of the team. Yeah. You're part of the team. Yeah. Sure. Well, there's a pecking order too, right? I mean, I think there was a certain machismo that went along with everything. So, you know, you needed to suffer verbally, but you also needed, <laughs> yeah. but, you, but you needed to be you, tough, right? Yeah, you take a pounding for the team. That's right. And um, people that couldn't do that, you, then they were, they were given They were time. weeded out. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. So even though looking back, maybe they were the reasonable ones and the sane ones, but at the time you're like, well, you know, I could do this for 36 hours. You know right, what I mean? Right, it was, there, was right. a, there was definitely, um, you know, you felt like you were earning your stripes. So, so the irony is, as we deviate into the, kind of this medical 
this medical trip, um, kind of like uh, Grateful Dead, this this bad trip that we kind of progress through. As we migrate through this trip, the ones that have made it, those were the ones that really got it, understood, excelled, had the acumen. The ones that said, "Yeah, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that." The the attendings make me do this particular procedure. That's not for me. Those are the folks that we see out there that in our own black book that we don't necessarily recommend going to. It's the docs that really went through the trials and tribulations of medicine, and we went through the fire, and we came out the other end knowing what we needed to do, the medical acumen, and so those are the folks that I value as, you know, as the excellent physicians in our medical community. Well, that, that reminds me of a time that we were in the, um, what did you call it, the playroom, the playground? What was our, my clubhouse. office? It was a clubhouse. clubhouse. We yeah. were in the clubhouse. I mean, I, you, had, you had a couch in there. Yeah. Well, it was a nice yeah. couch. It yeah, was it was a nice couch, and I kind of kicked back, and I remember remember this, uh, this doc, Ralph. Yeah. Um, he would say, my gosh, he goes, you know, he's, he's looking at me, he's going you're, you're, you're stretched out here. You, you look pretty comfortable. You, you, you know, do you feel pretty comfortable where you're at? I don't know. Maybe he was busting my chops on yeah. who I was and what I was doing, but I don't know. I maybe because well, I was just relying a little you, bit on you. You. Made, me, you made me think of a time that Bill and I had a discussion, and 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 I've I've uh, I've never forgot this discussion about kind of the difference between the academicians who have their names on the billboards with all of their clout in the medical world and those of us that do medicine with incredible amount of practical skills and common sense and we even discussed starting our own journal correct and i, I forget the and name society. we were going to give it we were going to give we were going <laughs> to give it the name wow. of like the journal of uninteresting but important issues or something like that. We had yeah. a name for kind of it. Like the Journal of the Mundane. I mean, I think that, I mean. And I, I mean, like the editor was a guy who could, like, uh, change a tire on a truck on the side of a hill or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you had to be good at lots of meaningless things. I think I've, I've always actually wanted to create a national society that would be multidisciplinary. And it would be called the um, international because we'd ultimately become international. And when when you hear this idea, you're going to realize this is pure genius. Yeah. Um, and I I want to call it the International Society of Interval Medicine. Okay. okay. In- interval. Interval. Just interval. Think, think about this for a second. So because then that's all inclusive. Because let's say in the anesthesia world, right? Yeah. And so I'm going to give somebody a break in a room. So I walk into the room. I need to learn about that patient within a very quick period of time because I'm going to give you ten minutes to run out of the room. So okay. I have to learn all about the patient. I have to scan the equipment, yep. right? And then I have to be able to step right in and pick up where you left off, and then I have to leave it in a place when you come back that you feel the patient's secure, right? Got it. So, I, so what we would do is we would honor people that work for 10-minute blocks of time. So what we would do then is we could then go to really cool places for our meetings. So like Turks and Caicos would be our national, you know, our, our annual meeting. Yeah, and got it. all of our talks... <laughs> would be 10 minutes long. <laughs> right? So nothing, nothing, nothing that, too deep. That, nothing you know, too deep. I, you sure. know, I, I, but I just like, long enough to get I, the... Well, think yeah, about this. I mean, 10 minute, ten, yeah, I like the 10-minute rule. And then you have, you know, there's what, um, four, five? So you've, you've got maybe an hour, hour and a half 
worth of lectures and you're done. Conference sure. done. By the yeah. same token, when you go back to your institution, you tell them, well, I went to 60 lectures yeah. in the Bahamas. Whoa, it was yeah. amazing. People yeah. like, whoa, I mean, you really were. But there were 60 10-minute <laughs> no, 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 lectures. Yeah, there's certain parts you leave out. Um, but right, think about that. Wouldn't that be great? And then when people mock us, because ultimately people will mock us, um, you know, because, you know, that's not real medicine. It's like, well, if patient safety is funny, then I guess it's funny. <laughs> Right? But I mean, it just seems to me, right because you know, there's nursing challenges, there's administrative challenges, but all of them have to be dealt with in a very quick period of time. Right. I, I think why not? Because the other side of it, let's be realistic, all of us, and as I've listened to Dave talk here, we, none of us have dementia, although it's it is a suspicion. Um, but pretty much everybody can stay awake for ten minutes in a talk, right? I mean, like when you Absolutely. go to a lecture, you yeah. can stay awake for 10 yeah. minutes. So you can pack a lot of the information. Max. About the yeah. max, yeah. yeah. The yeah. hour lectures are a problem. You go to 25, 30 minutes, I'm out. I'm yeah. done. I'm yeah. done. I'm looking for the bagel. I'm looking for, the, you know, what, what what's on the uh, buffet. Well, most of those people that I think go for an hour, they don't really feel passionate about what they're telling us. No, they're, they're just passionate space. about hearing their own voice. Right. They're filling space. Yeah. They're the numb nuts. Okay. The numb nuts that has a degree at the end of their name that we're going to pick and plug them in and plug and play, yeah. put, a, put a peg in a hole, and then we're going to say, yeah, Luke, we got Dr. Numb Nuts yeah. for this lecture. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were lucky enough to have Numb Nuts here this week. <laughs> Professor. <laughs> Professor. Professor. Numb nuts. Doc, you know, what's Professor interesting? Professor Emeritus Numb Nuts. And I digress <laughs> a little bit. Well, when I was a research chemist, before I went to medical school, I, I didn't realize this, but I had the 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 opportunity. I, it, it was bizarre. I don't know. Maybe the stars aligned, whatever. But I work with this guy, who uh, from Germany. Uh, we hired him as a consultant. This company I work for, and uh, it was a uh, international um, surfactant company. And I was involved in the the chemistry and the biodegradation of these chemicals. Because can you I, elaborate on what surfactant is? Is it what is it? Is it Oh, is it oh rusty it's quaternary ammonium compounds you're talking which to is, our audience well about which, something which, that may be it's it's daily confusing. use people don't Bill realize and I may understand yeah. i'm not sure uh, i understand it's but. daily use of quaternary ammonium compounds it's like uh um, shampoos lotions and potion one of the things i wanted to ask you bill um and i kind of gave you a little preview on this is uh dave and i do kind of digress into unusual medical stories you've been doing this for over 30 years plus and uh, we uh we uphold a certain amount of discretion in terms of names and places and whatnot is there a medical story that kind of in the back of your mind that you saw over the years that you would say was uh, a little weirder than the average story that you might be able to tell us a little bit about um yeah, I mean, I think we've all had weird. Um, um, I have two stories that come to mind. Um, both of them, you know, we like our successes, mm -hmm. right? Um, both of them that stick out immediately occurred actually while I was in medical school. So, um, and the reason I ask you this, yeah. you, I told you, is anybody that listens to our podcast. They love the behind-the-scene medical story. You know, the right. thing that you don't get on the sitcom or you don't get on the, you know, the documentary that guys like us see every day. They love, people love what we do, 
and they don't get to see it. So that's why I was asking. Right. You. I mean, I, I think um, both of the stories that I would tell, either one of them, but um, are really where I looked good, but it was pure luck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Seems so like that's all, been my whole career. Yeah, luck and timing. <laughs> all right. So, well, yeah, what are the three keys to life, right? Money, timing, and the appropriate application of gentle force will get you through 90% of your problems. Right. But anyway, so I'm a third-year medical student. I'm rotating on general surgery. So a patient comes in to the ED, and it's a very tiny, um, elderly, spry woman. And she comes in with a classic symptom of a gastric outlet obstruction. Um, and she'd been, you know, um, vomiting and everything for a couple of days. She had a slight fever, slight white count elevation. Um, pretty sick, but not septic. Um, so I'm doing my medical student exam because you remember when we would examine people, it would take you about an hour and a half because you would go through like a 60-point H&P exam. Right, and you got the little short white coat on and your necktie and you're pretty sweaty. Correct. So I examine the lady and then I present her to the surgeon. And the surgeon says, fine, Dr. Kelly, you know, and then they all laugh or smirk because you're not really a doctor yet. And um, <laughs> he goes, what is your diagnosis? And I said, I think she has a popcorn bezoar. <laughs> Wow, that's that's fascinating because bezoars are you know they go back to the 12th century. And the <laughs> is be- that where the cat licks yeah. itself? No, no. Well, it's the bezoar is this 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 kind of this pseudo hairball that gets swallowed yeah. by a goat, and then it coughs it up, and then the crown, the 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 uh, British crown says, "Hey, let's polish that and century. put that what's into the, the what's the 12th century there, there, have to do with it? Do you wear, well, them, do you wear them around your neck as a necklace? Or? There, there's actually bezoars into the um, the English crown. I mean the in, the uh, the heritage of the jewels that go into the English. Uh, is, is he making that up? No, I mean I don't, I don't know. I mean I think. No, that, I'm but not. I mean, human it. Beings, okay, but human beings, human beings that do stuff right, like you know, pica or swallow their own hair, etc. Right, right. It forms a mass, and then yeah. it's not digestible and just sits in the stomach and yeah, you get balls bigger, up. Like right. So your okay. diagnosis was a popcorn right. beast. Or how did you? Hey, okay, wait, but, wait, okay, but, wait, 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 wait. How did no, you can't. Let tell How did you story. come up? How did you come up with a bezoar? What's your what's your differential diagnosis for a bezoar? Okay, well think about this. This woman had a gastric outlet obstruction in my mind from an impact of popcorn. Got it. Okay, so what had happened was in those days, and you guys remember this, do you remember when holiday season and people would give you like a tin can full of popcorn? Sure. Right, and you get three different flavors. And yeah. Okay, yeah. so as I'm talking to her, have you eaten anything different, anything, whatever? She says, no, you know, the only thing she had is she did get from her daughter this can of popcorn, okay? So, um, and she had been eating this can of popcorn. Well, in my mind, in my febrile young mind i i'm thinking of this lady living in tonopah nevada it's, okay. very, it's high desert very dry um and very dry in the winter so it's these people are chronically dehydrated and you know then you sit there and grandmas don't drink a lot of water um or those kind of things so i thought okay so this is this all this popcorn fiber has packed up and she's not able to pass it and subtracted her proximal small bowel and which point everybody cracks up the surgeon's telling everybody, all the nurses, everybody, they all think it's the funniest thing in the world, right? So we go into the operating room, and, you know, they open the, um, the lady up because they didn't do laparoscopes in those days. Let me open guess. Up. There's a popcorn bezoar in Her entire duodenum was packed 
with popcorn. popcorn. No, <laughs> you won. You've got the gold prize. The room you won. Went silent. Yes, and you you did the you did the dance right. You went you you did the 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 uh, the, the circle of uh, no. Did you get I the credit? Good. Did you get the credit you deserve? Yeah. yeah. And he looked at me. And he said, he goes, "Strong work." Well, he and he uses some profanity, but he yeah. was. They were all stunned. And here's the downside of it. They said, "How did you come up with this?" And I, being young and foolish, said, "Well, what else could it be?" <laughs> <laughs> I like it. True yeah, story. I no. like it. I yeah. like it. That's a good one. Yeah, that's solid. You, you you reached down into the bowels of medicine and you pulled out that diagnosis. Perfect. Is, Love it. Dave, is this story helping you develop your your thought for the uh, thought for the week? Or do you already have a thought for the week? I, I, I don't know. I was hoping Bill may have a thought for yeah, a take-home message for what can we, we, we like to leave. Every, now, yeah, what obviously, we, we, we have a, a kind of ipso facto thought for the week. Don't eat a bucket of popcorn and don't and get dehydrated. And that, that one we know. Well, if you, if you eat a lot of popcorn, supposedly that can trigger the itis mm-hmm. portion of diverticuli. But uh, go ahead, Bill. Okay, pill story. Pill story. We're going to go back to a pill story. Um, so, resident, seeing a patient clinic, patients on multiple medications, 13 or 15 different medications. Polypharmacy. Polypharmacy. Thank you for the appropriate term. And so... <laughs> nine, I, nine medications or more is polypharmacy. Okay, good. Thank you very much. And so... We'll, we'll write that down. I asked him how he possibly kept them straight. And you know um, a lot of the water cooler, right? Yeah. You go out to the water cooler and get a drink, and there's those big plastic jugs that yep. hold about five gallons of water. He goes, what I do is I get a three-month supply of my pills, and I pour them all into this jug. And he goes, three times a day, I go to the jug, and I take whatever three pills come out of the jug because <laughs> I figure it's going to average out. I like it. What? I like it. I think it's brilliant. It, it, was he a toothless one eye bottom banjo player? <laughs> he was, he was a pretty robust older guy, but he lived by himself. But that was his solution: was simply, I know I'm supposed to take some of these in the morning. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to, if I get two blues and a red, I take it, and then if the next time I get two whites and a green, and I he take lived it. in a trailer home in Benton County. He's probably you know? 97 years old today, smoking a cigarette and having a good time wherever he is. Yeah. So you know what? So here's the real down on message, and we all know this. Yeah. People are tough. Yeah. People are way tougher than they think they are. It's yeah. amazing. As, well, take, as Dave always says, you can't kill a hillbilly. Well, I, I would I, say the Appalachian gene is very strong. It's very uh, prevalent, and uh, you cannot kill an Appalachian gene. Well, i got to say something, Bill. You have lived up to all of my expectations of having you on our, on our podcast, and um, you are a delight to sit and talk to we are kind of at the end of our time and i think it's uh it's a good place to kind of wrap it up i want to say that you have met and exceeded every expectation i have well appreciate you being here and and uh we didn't even talk about the moon well, I think you're coming back. I don't think this is your last. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I you're, you're a your recurring last. guest. Yeah, you, you, you might even get your picture on the on the uh, on the mainframe there and and start looking uh, as part of the group because you are insightful. You're enjoyable. You have a tremendous personality. You've been a wonderful and loyal friend to to me and uh, to um, I know to Dave. 
for a long, long time. It's been great having you talk, and I, I enjoy listening to you. You're well, very for, insightful. Well, I mean, thank you for, I mean, you're being very effusive, but thank you so much for your time. And this has been a fun. I hope I you mean, enjoyed this. I hope this was fun. This is, uh, fun. we're not professionals at this as you surely can tell we, we are not professional in any way, but we, we think this is fun. We think we're going to keep doing it. And, um, yeah, and, uh, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a small window into the world of medicine behind the scenes and what physicians see. So I, I, I think there's some value added piece to it to the general population. But uh, um, maybe, we, maybe Bill, we can get you in a boat and go fishing. Yeah, I think we didn't well, even get you that far in this discussion. Well, so yeah. we're going to talk about that maybe with you. You if know, you or, or, or you me back. If you have me back, what I want to find out about though is I want to I want to delve into the behind the scenes because I don't fish much. Um, I don't hunt things. So I think it would be interesting to hear a little bit more about that process mm. in all honesty. Well, we can take you down to the uh, the hills of Appalachian America, Southern Ohio, Vinton County. Um, yeah, yeah we'll take you out in the not woods. A, not a problem. We yeah, can, we can get we can, you out we, there. Yeah, we can. You're we can, pretty adventurous in your. Yeah, own we can right, strip though. you down, buck naked, run you through the woods, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you, I think you would enjoy. And I think, I think even the people listening, you just have to close your eyes for a minute and imagine that you're in a cabin um, with no communication in the outside world, and one of these knuckleheads has a gun, and the other one is doing the cooking. So if that sounds like a good idea, then maybe I, you should tune in. Yes, uh, I like it. Yeah, yes. For another episode. Yeah. All right. Well, with right. that, with those final thoughts, I think we're going to wrap this up. The music will come in in we'll a see minute. We'll see next, next, and, uh, uh, next we're gonna video. Get, we're going to get back on track, Dave. We've got to get some shows out there. We next are, podcast. We, we have hit, uh, we've hit 600 listeners. And our goal is to get up uh, quite a bit bigger. So please remember, uh, if you want to tell us what you think, the email is info at twodocsonaboat.com. And please email us and please listen to us. We want you to click the buttons that say subscribe, uh, share, and uh, and listen. And if you do that, uh, we're going to keep doing this. And, and maybe uh, maybe we'll actually make a few dollars and... Buy a bass boat or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dave. All right. I think that's it. We'll talk to you later. All right. All right. See you. See you. Bye.